Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 55 of the Game Sharks Podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, chess. I've been, oh, yes. one. I've been getting into... The real video game. The, the original video game, <laughs> chess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did either of you watch The Queen's Gambit? Uh-huh. No, but my sister has, and she loves it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool show. It was uh, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's a decent show, but it made me... Like re- yeah, yeah, you and everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like just got really big again all of a sudden. It was like one of the top streaming thing on Twitch for a week or so. Um, <laughs> but chess was really important to me growing up. My my grandfather who passed away this past year. Uh, he was. Uh, he had a Letterman jacket for. He was like on the varsity chess team, and he taught me how to play chess when I chess when I was younger. And uh, everything I ever learned was from him. And I never beat him. Now I'll never get a chance to. So it makes me a little bit sad. But going back and you know reappreciating and relearning the game of chess uh, and learning new things about it that I never learned before. It's been it's been a fun time. Andrew and I played a couple games at work. Was that That's true last week? Yes. Um, definitely, yeah. definitely not this week. Definitely not this week. Uh, Andrew's roommate, uh, Jordan, former guest of the show, uh, was p- positive for COVID. So Andrew mm-hmm. had a involuntary week off from work. Yep. And uh, he's he's getting tested tomorrow. As long as he's negative, he can come back to work on Monday. But weird times for sure. Yeah, it's been a time. <laughs> and video games. Joining me today is Andrew. Hello. And Adam. I'm back. Just the three of us. Um, no Derek today. He, I think he's getting a lot of work done on his new house. No T-Con today. He's not feeling so well. So it's just the three of us. The three cousins doing whoop, an whoop. episode of the Game Sharks podcast together. <sighs> All right, boys. The main topic of today's episode is going to be our most anticipated games of 2021. I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's going to be a yearly thing that we do. Uh, first couple of weeks of January every year, we'll go. We'll talk about ex- what we're excited for in the upcoming year. Uh, it's a little fun thing to do. Fun speculation. Actually, it's no speculation. A lot of it is announced stuff. But uh, I mean, last year there was definitely some speculation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, we have a ton of news this week, so let's let's kick that off. Uh, we're going to start with one. It's kind of one big news story that had a lot of small things kind of trickle out after it. Uh, LucasArts has been rebranded to Lucasfilms Games, which is a bit of a interesting choice of name. Uh, I think they could have just kept LucasArts. Uh, but I yeah. think I was hearing a thing that said they want to get away from the idea of... Because LucasArts used to make... Um, Point and click adventures like Sam and Max at the Road, um, Monkey Island, Mon- yeah, Adventure of Monkey Island, Day um, of the Tentacle, yeah, exactly. So maybe they wanted to distance themselves from those games because it's basically going to be almost all Star Wars games going forward. And EA's ten-year uh, Star Wars contract has officially expired, so now other game studios are working on Star Wars video games. Oh, which finally! Is, uh, which is pretty cool. So what did we get from EA? We got Battlefront 1, which was mm-hmm. people thought it was okay. Battlefront 2, which people hated at first, and then by the end of it, they're like, this is okay. Apparently, it's pretty good now, and yeah. it's free on the Epic Game Store yeah. as of this recording. PSA, yeah. go, go get your free version of... Uh... I probably should. <laughs> yeah, we should we should try it out. I, I secured my copy. 
they made Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I thought was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in the middle of that right now. Most, most people do, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that game is pretty fantastic. And then they made Star Wars Squadrons last year, which was also a pretty good game. So, Last couple of years have been on an upwards trend. Yeah, the last two that they made were actually pretty decent. But we're going to be able to get way more. Uh, and it seems like they're really gearing up to put out a lot of Star Wars games. Mm. Um, if the number of TV shows was any indication, yeah, that, for sure, uh, it seems like that's also translating to the amount of games that they make. They've clearly, o- it's still popular. Oh yeah, for sure. They've officially confirmed that Ubisoft is making an open world Star Wars game. Yes, which, which is, is even it's ma- cooler. Yeah, it's being made by uh, Massive, who was the people that made the Division. So that's a uh, pretty exciting stuff. Division's a high quality game that. Uh, I I know the first one was really popular. I think the second one wasn't as popular. I never personally played it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's cool, especially after how great Jedi Fallen Order was. I'm excited to like, get into the world of Star because the world of Star Wars is incredible. And yeah, and I it think- feels like the last couple of years have like maybe since what like the original trilogy it might be like when star wars popularity has been at its peak with like the mandalorian and everything Mm. you know like it feels now that i hear people talking way more about star wars than i had ever in years prior yeah ever since since disney bought it yeah essentially so and now now that you have this whole you know thing with oh everything from this point onward is canon Mm -hmm. you know and now giving especially with the ea exclusivity deal um, expiring soon like opening the doors to have multiple different publishers and developers working on Star Wars games at the same time is really going to open the floodgates for what we can see with Star Wars games going forward absolutely Uh, it's going to be really cool I'm actually kind of hoping that we can get something like more along the lines of Jedi Fallen Order but also it'd be really cool if that open world game what if it was like, like a bounty hunter game Mm. Oh, you know, cap- capitalize off the popularity of the Mandalorian. Yeah, the the amount of not only like Star Wars universe areas that they could explore, but like video game genres that they could explore. Like I've heard, uh, like Star Wars XCOM type games being oh, thrown around. Oh my god, give me a that Star be, Wars tactics be... game. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, right. That'd like another, you could do like another pod racer. You could do some kind Ooh. of fucking roguelite. You know, yeah. like the the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I, uh, any, I didn't even think about that. Any credible game studio can now be like, "Hey, let's can we make a Star Wars game?" And they'll most likely like, get told, yes. "Yeah, cool, as long as you have a good idea." Uh, so we actually have an email from Derek who couldn't be here. Uh, um, he he sent me all of his um, games of 2021 that he's most excited about, but. He has a quick little thing he wanted to say at the beginning that pertains to this. He says, I have one quick thing to say before I jump into my most anticipated games. As you are aware, Lucasfilm Games is now a thing, meaning EA is no longer solely in charge of Star Wars games. This has giant implications. Everyone loves the MCU movies, but the universe is just currently movies and TV shows. Disney is about to MCU Star Wars, but with games too. With the announcement of Massive Entertainment working on a game, I think we are going to start to see games that tie into the movies and TV shows in a whole new way. But I think this also means... Oh after, no, you mean they're Kingdom Heartsing it. After the failure of Avengers... 
there was uh, that we are going to see the same thing happen with the MCU, and therefore Insomniac Spider-Man will be in an upcoming MCU film, and that's why they changed the character model to better match the actor's face. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, interesting theory. That is a very interesting theory. I don't know if that's a Derek original or if he read that somewhere, but... It's the first time I've heard it. It makes... That's a valid reason as to why they would change the character model of Spider-Man. Like, everything they've said so far is like, that doesn't really make sense to me, why you have to change it. But changing it to make it so that they can put... Because they made it more like Yuri Lowenthal, right? I don't actually know what Yuri Lowenthal is. I think that's what Derek was saying. And if that's the case, then they can have him be... Like, if they're doing this grand Spider-Verse live-action movie that they seem Uh. to be leading up to... I don't know. Kinda. Your Lowenthal looks more like Matt Mercer. Uh you've said that exact hair. phrase before, I think, on the Because he's, he's, he's the first thing that I think of when I look at his face. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I like what Derek's Either way, no, Yuri Lowenthal does not look like the, the Spider Man remastered model. Alright, well Derek's TED Talk, his theory out the window. Uh but the idea of all like you were saying, all Star Wars games going forward, everything Star Wars going forward is now part of the the canon so um like interweaving this like greater star wars story could be cool mm-hmm. on the other hand i think star wars is starting to fall this is like greater than video game general star wars conversation at this point but star wars is starting to fall heavily into the trap of needing to reference itself, itself. and like mm-hmm. the, specifically the really original trilogy at every instance that it can uh, yep. And I think if it I definitely ke- see that if it keeps doing that, it's gonna become pretty unbearable. It's already like already like all right, come on guys, we we get it. The Skywalkers, we get it. Um, yeah. So uh, I just started here's, reading. Here, yeah, here's hoping that the large exodus of shows that are coming in the you know next few years will change that a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, because up until this point. You know, aside from the video games and the novels, which I believe were both pretty niche audiences when it comes to the greater scope of people who view Star Wars, all they really had was the movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, So now that it's, you know, more popular in the general populace, uh, maybe we'll see that they don't have to rely on that. I think I'm I'm hoping. Yeah, the thing that bums me out is of all every single one of those TV shows they announced, none of them is an original new thing that we don't know anything about. They're all like deeper dives into characters that we already know, which cool. I like a lot of the things that they announced. I'm excited for a lot of them. Like give me more Donald Glover as Lando. Give me more you and McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yes to all of that, but also maybe announce a show that has nothing to do with anything we know, because like we've said several times, uh, the star Wars, galaxy universe is so massive mm-hmm. yet we can't seem to get away from this very narrow area of the yeah, skywalkers like, you know not only them but like the time period too yeah i just started reading the light of the jedi the first uh novel from the high republic stuff that they're starting to roll out okay uh, i'm only like 50 pages in so far but so far it's pretty cool uh i'm enjoying it, it has nothing to do with any Thing in that time era it's like a couple hundred years before um phantom menace yeah um but yeah cool stuff uh one other 
big thing. So obviously, uh, what did we say? Lucasfilms, games, Star Wars, they go hand in hand. But there's one other big property that George Lucas had his hands on. And that's Indiana Jones. And guess what? Machine Games is making an Indiana Jones video game. You're damn right they are. These are are the guys that made Wolfenstein New Order and Wolfenstein New Colossus. So they know a whole hell of a lot about killing Nazis. Mm -hmm. And they're part (laughs) of Bethesda. So there's a couple, couple interesting things here. One, the idea of an Indiana Jones game just sounds awesome. Like, imagine if they make it a 3D roguelike or uh or like well, uncharted oh yeah that's the other thing is like it's probably i'm i'm assuming it's going to be an uncharted or tomb raider style probably very yeah, linear high polish like a lot of the playstation games we've been getting i mean i hope that it's you know very different mechanically because i plan to play uncharted at some point and i'll probably mm-hmm. end up playing them before the indiana jones game so i don't want that experience to be sullied by the fact that i feel like i had played that game before so was that while a, i think was that a an uncharted pun isn't there a character named sully one isn't like the, one have, of the two main characters i have no fucking idea <laughs> okay sorry continue um but i think that the games will still feel the same thematically so i'm hoping that indiana jones can differentiate itself enough yeah but it's like interesting what you said because when i heard indiana jones game first thing i thought too was tomb raider like like this ter- this general territory has definitely been touched upon in other games, so I'm interested to see how they're going to make it different. I'm pretty sure they've said before that uh, the main influence for Tomb Raiders was like, all right, let's make a female Indiana Jones video game. Makes uh, sense. But yeah, I'm super excited about this. The other thing, though, is now that it's, it's being made by Machine Games, who is under the umbrella of Bethesda, who is under the umbrella of ZeniMax, who is under the umbrella of Microsoft, is this going to be an Xbox exclusive game? And side note, it's most likely going to be coming to Game Pass day and date. So, so cool. It's pretty cool. I'm very excited about all of that. Um, I don't think that it will be an exclusive I think it makes sense from a business perspective, obviously, but Microsoft's PR has just been so, you know, hand in hand with with being open and, and wanting mm-hmm. to share and and just having wanting to unite gamers entirely. So while it would obviously do them wonders to have this as an exclusive game and all Bethesda games, they're like this stuff is so popular that there's no way that they can deny the PlayStation and and possibly even Nintendo crowds from from wanting to get this on day one you know you see i could i could see that argument for uh fallout or elder scrolls or starfield but indiana jones i feel like that's the threshold it's such a not necessarily niche ip but such a unique ip for video games that this could be the one where they say hey you want to play this super incredible looking indiana jones game you have to come to xbox you know, they have to start doing something saying you like, hey, you have to come to Xbox to play this thing. Uh, and I think this could be a very good candidate as one of those things. You know, hey, it's definitely a contender. Uh, I was hearing someone saying, talking about like, oh, you can't hide strong IP like this behind a specific console to which someone counterpointed. Yeah, but what about Spider-Man? Spider-Man's yeah, the biggest true. superhero in the world and he is locked behind PlayStation. So, But the difference with that is Sony is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true um so who knows we'll see but i'm very excited for 
this uh indiana jones video game it's we just got like a very quick teaser trailer we don't know anything about it yeah all we know it's basically the same thing as showing the metroid prime 4 logo like we don't know when or or how or why yeah yeah we just know we just know it is we just know it is and we are very very excited about that um all right let's move on let's talk real cool real quick about some video game gamers being cool uh and good people so this is is a very fun story yeah uh so shusima for those of you who don't know is a real place it's an island off the coast of japan uh which is where ghost of tsushima takes place they over the last year uh were hit with a was it a hurricane a typhoon so um there was a typhoon in september of 2020 uh and gamers and fans of ghost of tsushima have raised uh over two twenty seven million yen as of january 10th uh and this was all to go to uh, the island of tsushima to help them rebuild some very important structures um for instance the watasumi shrine gate um which i think was in the game right no yes probably um i mean you basically explore the entire island in the game so it must be yeah um so yeah it's just super cool that uh gamers came together to help fundraise in order to uh help restore a piece like an important not only an important historical uh location just in general for japan but now like this cool real world set piece for an amazing game that came out this past year it's just it's just really cool to hear that like gamers came together and were able to do this and especially uh last week was games done quick i don't know if you guys are familiar with summer games done quick and awesome games done quick uh it's a it's a bi-yearly it's bi-yearly the one where it's twice is it biannual the one that's every one of them is every two years one is twice a year i think semi-annually is twice a year yes okay that's it it's a semi-annual um speed running speed running week-long streaming event where they raise money for different organizations they often make it over well over a million dollars and then donate to different charities so you know just a couple of instances of gamers being good people and it always warms my heart i love watching all of the games done quick stuff just uh i don't know if any of you have ever dove real deep into speed running but there's some really cool interesting stuff like watching people dissect a game to that level of mm. like studying the code to know where they can break boundaries and stuff like that is so interesting to me yeah i've experienced stuff like that in some of the games i've been playing recently mm. uh cool let's talk about mass effect legendary edition so I think you found this, Andrew. Apparently, there is there was a leak saying that it's going to release on March twenty March twelfth, twenty twenty one. Yep. So that's very very soon. <laughs> yeah, way sooner than I expected. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this to like later in the year, like yeah, way like later. Mm. Um, but apparently, we're getting it in two months allegedly allegedly um this is a a euro gamer uh article story talking about it um 
It was a Singapore yeah. retailer and Indonesia company GS Stop, GS Shop. Uh, they they tweeted the release date. I think it's in yeah German or something. Yeah, it's in a foreign language that I cannot distinguish. That is not German. Yeah, I don't know what language that is. Anyways, translated, uh, it it has to do with being March twelfth. So obviously, take that with a grain of salt. You never know. Um, what is what, that's shark bait? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, no, ha hoo hoo, ha hoo hoo. Um, so yeah, that'd be really cool. I wish Derek was here to talk about that because you know he's the big Mass yeah, Effect fan I, here. I doubt that I will play it at least when it comes out. It all um, depends on timing with uh Yeah, it other depends on what else. Out. I mean, Bravely Default comes out end of February. Let's so, go. Was it? Yep. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be taking up a lot of my time, that's for sure. Yeah. I got to go make a list of like all the release dates for this year. Oh, you oh, mean like the one buddy. that Andrew has in the Game Sharks Google Doc? Oh, d- d- is there one in there? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You put in a lot of effort into that. Uh, if, I do put in the effort. If you go into the episode planning tab, notable releases. Oh, dang. Look at that. Look at that. Indeed. Also, happy Scott Pilgrim versus the World Day. Woot. That came out today. We're supposed to play that at some point. At some point, yes. And that we will. All right. Let's talk about a news story that I'm super excited about. I don't know how excited you are, Andrew. Uh, if it's the Square Enix one, I'm pretty excited. It's the Square Enix one. So Square Enix. <laughs> oh, I figured you'd be excited about this. Square Enix has trademarked uh, two new things. They are Ever Crisis and the First Soldier. So if you don't know, it's Sephiroth. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk among the the Final Fantasy fan base on what this could be. So there's a couple different things. So first off, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the naming convention of everything of the Final Fantasy VII compilation or the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, I think it's called. Compilation? So you mean like Dirge of Cerberus, Crisis Core, all that jazz? Yeah. So are you familiar with this? Not necessarily. So the first thing... There was like a a logic to it. So Final Fantasy VII came out. Mm -hmm. The, The first thing after that was Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children, AC. Okay. After oh, that, oh yes, I did hear about this. Was Final Fantasy Seven before Crisis BC? After that was Final Fantasy Seven Crisis Core CC. Then Final Fantasy Seven Dirge of Cerberus DC, and now they have trademarked the name Ever Crisis, which would be EC. Um, so, what could this mean? Uh, for those of you not familiar and slight Final Fantasy VII remake spoilers, you're, we're almost a year out at this point. So, yeah, I think it's fair game at this point. Um, also, Final Fantasy VII has been yeah. out, out for like 25 years. Yeah. Before Crisis and Crisis Core have to do with Zack Fair, who was that uh, the black-haired cloud uh that a lot of people had no idea who he was uh that's what those games pertain to and obviously he seems to be like he's going to be an important figure going forward in the the whatever the continuation because final fantasy 7 remake isn't just a remake it is now a continuation of the compilation of final fantasy 7 um so is this going to be a new spin-off game where you play as zach is this gonna be uh like a remaster part two yeah is that 
Gonna, yeah, is it going to be the name of part two? I'm kind of more so in the camp that the first soldier, which is the other thing they trademark, could be the name of part two. Because what happens immediately in Final Fantasy VII after the party leaves Midgar? They go to Calm. And that's and, when Cloud re- recounts. Yeah, and I was listening. I was watching a Maximilian dude video where he's talking about this. How fucking cool would it be if Final Fantasy VII Remake just opens like with you playing through that flashback that is the start you're you're already in you're you're in the back yeah you're you're like you're you don't open with cloud telling the story you just open and it's cloud in the back of the truck with sephiroth how cool would that be that would be pretty fucking cool right uh so i was thinking i was more so thinking that the first soldier could be like the part three or like uh, like if because i think everybody at this point is expecting this final fantasy remake jazz to be a trilogy uh yeah well uh, nomura said like we originally were thinking trilogy but now we're thinking of maybe breaking it up into like even more chunks so we can like really? dive further and harder into specific so even sections if of the game even if they're not all like big sprawling jrpgs they could be on the level of like dirge of cerberus or something Exactly. Well, Dirge of Cerberus is for, ex- a, it's for a, example, it's a whole own thing. But. I meant on the scale of it. Yes. Um, uh, but so when I was looking at this, I thought that the first soldier might more so uh, relate to whatever like the final part is going to be, since Sephiroth is is like way more prominent during that part of the game. See, I think it would make sense as the title of the second game because this is when we really start to learn about Sephiroth and who he is, and especially this now being like. Th- the Sephiroth we saw in Final Fantasy VII Remake is is like a greater being than the the Sephiroth from the original Final Fantasy VII. Like you're just like learning so much about who Sephiroth is, who Sephiroth was, you know, who Sephiroth is going to become. I feel like the second game would really start to get behind like Sephiroth's character, and then third, fourth, however many games is when it, like that starts to resolve but you're learning about him as the villain in the next mm. game especially when cloud starts to tell the backstory because in the original final fantasy 7 you you never see sephiroth sephiroth is just like a a name like whispered in hushed tones and the first like instance of knowing who sephiroth is is when you see his sword in the snake and no in the back of the president oh oh oh, oh. Uh, he impales the snake on a stick, which is another insane <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that whole thing is your you like you can't kill this serpent, this large snake. So once you get across this area where he's guarding without fighting him, uh, you find the snake impaled on a tree, and you're like, the only person who could do this is Sephiroth. So yeah, it's just like another instance of showing off his raw power. So I think the first soldier. So who knows what either of these mean? They could mean yeah. nothing. Oh, they also um, trademarked the Shinra Electric Power Company logo, which I think that's just like a re-upping thing because obviously that's been a thing in Final Fantasy VII since the original. Mm. Um, the logo looks exactly the same. They didn't change it at all. But Ever Crisis could be a whole new game, could be a remaster of Crisis Core because you know now that Zack is a prominent figure again, we... They might want to reintroduce um, new or like reintroduce new people to Zack as a character and we'll let you know where did he come from? What's his story? So 
Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no knowing. Uh, they're starting to Kingdom Hearts us, but in in a good way. <laughs> so Kingdom Hearts went batshit crazy with all the weird side games and needing to know all this stuff, and none of it made sense. But now they are like there's all these side games and they're expanding the story of Final Fantasy VII, but in a more obtainable way. Because I obsessed about the story of both of these series. Uh, Kingdom Hearts makes absolutely no sense. I've spent so much time, watched so many videos trying to piece together everything, and it's just so many bullshit nonsense words. Um, but because everything with the Final Fantasy VII, the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, all stems from just Final Fantasy VII, which is one contained JRPG, everything makes more sense. At least, I don't know, it does to me. <sighs> Anyways, very exciting stuff. We're like starting to see hints of more Final Fantasy VII stuff, which I am always all for. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see. On Tuesday, we got a we got a trailer showcasing Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which is coming out um, February 12th. February. Yeah. So just about one month away. Uh, all right, I'm going to say some words to you and tell me how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Kaiju, Super Saiyan, Cat Mario. <laughs> how does something that Something I didn't f- know I needed. Definitely, definitely not something anybody expected. Uh, yeah, so first off, Super Mario 3D World. Um, a very, very good Wii U game coming to uh, the Switch. I think it's one of my favorite formats of Mario. It's kind it's of definitely one of the most fun couch co-op games that exists. Mm. You get the the satisfaction of a Mario sixty four, like the puzzle box worlds, but it, yeah, like it, it's it's not wholly three D. Like it's more like two point five D. Oh know? no, it's it's fully three D. It's like I mean, not in the same sense though. So it's like I mean, like because the levels are still on rails. Yeah. So instead of getting like doing a bunch of objectives in one area, you are navigating through the space linearly. But it, like it's like the platforming of a 3D Mario with the the level base of a 2D Mario. And I don't know, just that combination. It it's it really appeals to me, and I really enjoy yeah, I, it. I I played the predecessor to 3D Land on the 3DS, mm-hmm. and that was really fun. Yeah, I super I I dig the the 3D uh subset of Mario games. But we finally learned what Bowser's Fury is. Mm-hmm. And it is like a separate mini campaign where there is a legit kaiju-sized Bowser that's covered in molten uh like rock and it's insane and then <laughs> they seem to be like reincorporating elements from super mario sunshine like Bowser yeah, Jr. follows you around with the paintbrush mm. okay i was so, so excited to see his paintbrush back i've been waiting for that thing to show back up it's the most it's one of the most unique things in mario and it's just kind of existed in one gamecube game yeah and mario golf mm. <laughs> uh the only other time you see shadow mario is he called mm-hmm. shadow mario Yes, um, there is a Shadow Mario playable character in Mario Golf. So yeah, Bowser's Fury—it's like a separate side campaign, and it gave me—it almost looks like a world in in uh, Mario Odyssey, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I first saw it, which is really yeah. cool. Uh, and then you you 
accomplish objectives to unlock this super giant bell and you become a giant kaiju sized super saiyan cat mario to fight the giant bowser um i don't know so fucking cool i don't know how long this is gonna be or how big it is um but it looks cool regardless andrew you were saying uh we should we're gonna buy this and we're gonna play yes. it uh through the co-op of it uh during lunch at work absolutely i think that'll be a real fun time i agree so it'll be, it'll be good to not be playing against each other for once <laughs> I, I agree um so yeah very exciting about that yeah, and, I've, I saw the term God Slayer Bowser thrown around a couple of times, which <laughs> the translation for which ended up being uh, slightly false. Oh. So a, a sad tear runs down my face, but hmm. it still <laughs> looks really cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. So let's talk about the other Nintendo Switch news that we got. Surprise! Today they announced that new Pokemon Snap is coming out on April 30th. Did yes. You, did you watch the trailer for this? Mm-hmm. It looks so good. Yeah, it looks really it nice. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's it's similar art style to uh the last Pokemon game, which was Sword and Shield. Yeah, I I didn't know if you meant the mainline games or yeah or not. No, uh, it's like a similar art style, but it's I feel like it's upresed even more than Sword and Shield was. Oh, easily. He's oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, this is this is the true Pokemon for Switch that we all wanted. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how it should look, yeah. The characters in the Pokemon look really nice. Some of the environments look a little low res. Like, a lot of, like, none of the, the leaves on the trees have nice looking textures or anything. But I don't necessarily need that out of this game. Yeah, because well, you're not taking pictures of the environment. You're taking pictures of the Pokemon. Exactly. And all the Pokemon look really great. Um, but yeah, it looks like just regular Pokemon Snap. It's a linear on rails puzzle game where you're taking pictures of Pokemon. But it's uh, new. But it's yeah. There's instead of were there like seventy Pokemon in the original Pokemon Snap? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, there's gonna and they're all from the hundred uh, original hundred fifty one. Now we're gonna have way more to take like pictures all of nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But regardless, I think that's pretty fun and exciting. Uh. Uh, is it going to yeah. be a game of the year contender? No. Is it going to no. <laughs> be really fun? I hope so. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's fun. I definitely had a lot of fun playing the original years and years ago. So mm. it would be a nice little memory jogging game. For sure. For, yeah. All right. Last piece of news. Today, we got a video from the head of CD Projekt Red, one of its co founders I think it actually came out yesterday. Did it come out yesterday? Mm-hmm. oh yeah yesterday uh i only saw it today for the first time yeah me too uh i'm not gonna try to pronounce this guy's name it's very swedish i think um definitely nordic in some fashion not for me but basically the video it's just like a four minute video of this guy apologizing for everything that went wrong with um with the launch of cyberpunk 2077 he says that at least it, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um. So it was like one of those. If I don't know how you felt about it, Andrew. For to me, it was like a. Yeah, we're sorry. And then like not. But they're but they're still. It's like the South Park. We're sorry. Yeah. But the guys are just rubbing their nips the whole time. Yeah, that's basically what this is. And it's like they it they put this out because they had to. It feel like and they're like, yeah, we're sorry. It sucked, but we're working on it. 
And yeah, we hope, we hope it, it you like, like it in the future. It was like the first 30 seconds he presented it as like we're t- owning up and taking responsibility for the mistakes we made. Which at one but point then, he does say uh, it was my like myself and the board were the ones who decided to release yes, the game. Yes, he does say that. But then uh, the longer the video goes on, the more he backpedals on that very sentiment where mm-hmm. he's kind of he's like throwing shade at different teams. You know, like he threw shade at the testing team, right? And like, which is just a straight up lie. Like, there is absolutely zero percent chance that this game made it past a testing team, and anybody other than the board was like, "Yeah, launch it." Yeah. But, and like he says that in the beginning, but then, like the, as the video goes on, he just like keeps throwing in additional details that just sully what he like his his message, you know? Yeah. And. So while they say they're owning up, they're not. They're not at all owning up. And they and they talked about, like, they had to throw in, right? Like, oh, well, we really like the PC version. The PC version is great. Go play the PC version. <laughs> yeah, which is like, that's... You're missing the point. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's not a good game if only one version of it actually runs well. He was yeah, like, and it's we like, were he confident. Doesn't... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't address at all like when the game is going to come back to PlayStation, like when the the new the next gen upgrades are going to, you know, be available. And the fact that he in this video consistently refers to the PS4 and Xbox One as old gen is just so bad. Yeah. Because for 8 years the console that you were developing the game for was the PlayStation 4. If this game hadn't gotten released or hadn't gotten delayed 17 times, then there would no there would be no PS5 for you to release it on. Yeah. So it, what are you doing calling it old gen? It does feel bad to be like, yeah, those crappy machines can't run our awesome game that we've been making for 8 years and when we started making these game uh, this game those were new consoles. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. it seems like he's trying to just shunt the blame elsewhere yeah it which is the complete opposite weird. thing of taking responsibility yeah um i'm not a huge fan of this he also says that uh going forward there's going to be no obligatory overtime mm-hmm. i'll uh, believe it when i which, see it. yeah know, they've said hopefully. that before yeah and that's the it, exact thing they said before they did it yeah we will and not also, have forced overtime yeah, and their roadmap doesn't really answer no any crunching. questions either. If you like, you, did you see their like roadmap graphic? Yeah, it's for like their patches and it's everything. Like, We're putting it's out just patches. Like, there's no, there's no like actual like time frames All, for anything. Okay, here, here's it just, what it says: 2021, and then like a big stretch of line, 2022, and then on the in like the beginning of that line somewhere says patch 1.1 patch 1.2 and then there's this big bar that says multiple updates and improvements and then little notes that say free dlcs free next gen console upgrade it's like great you're not telling us anything all you're saying is we're gonna keep working on the game which should have did before you released it yeah but it's just it's all like and, and the craziest thing about it is like the i just like over different places on the internet i see just the blind faith that i that people are like oh yeah you know we trust you fully and and we love you cd project and i'm like how can you see how can you not see through the lies you know yeah yeah um, sometimes loyalties can be blind it's ain't that the truth <sighs> all right 
Hopefully, we could stop talking about Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> I, in I the hope upcoming so. year. Eventually, eventually. Eventually, the game will work. <laughs> Maybe. Eventually, Debatable. the game will be okay. <laughs> That's yeah, how I it's, see it. It's yeah. definitely past the point of it's ever going to be remembered as a great game. Yeah. I'm you, that's the thing, dude. Some people say that that game is still fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. If they're playing without any bugs, Which, maybe it is great. I don't da- know. Yeah, I'm sure. Dante loves it, and I, I want. I'm looking forward to eventually getting to see him and have a conversation with him about why he loves it so much. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's talk about what we've been playing over the last week, Adam. For you, it's been Ooh, quite a boy, it's, like, it's been like a month. Quite, yeah, quite a while since you've been on. Uh, wait, before we get into what you've, we've been playing, do you have a game of the year for 2020? Uh, <laughs> did you play? <laughs> did you play anything that came out in 2020? I think by default it's Legends of Runeterra. Legends of Runeterra, Adam. Uh, <laughs> what a game! Deep Rock Galactic saw its official release in 2020. Oh, okay, then yes, I'll vote Deep Rock Galactic. I wasn't sure when that oh, was official. Damn it, Runeterra got snubbed again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I. I don't know if we. I don't remember if we brought it up on the podcast, but we discovered after the fact oh, no, that. We didn't. That um, Legends of Runeterra is the secret winner of the best use of shark because it has a, a card called the Shark Chariot, and it's like this ephemeral like apparition of a shark that was one of the best meta decks at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Oh jeez, <laughs> Andrew. I, and I, I had one. Deck. Ah. So yeah. fun stuff. It would have it would have been up there. All right, Adam. What? Damn. Have you been playing as of late? Oh, there's been a, a lot of things. So I'm getting through my backlog and I'm trying to devote this year to actually playing games that come out in 2021. There we go. So I like so that. I can so I can participate next year. Yeah. Uh yeah, this is just a bad year for current things for me. I, was, I just got the PC. I was trying to play things I hadn't gotten to. Yeah. Now so that, that now that the that PS5 spirit, is out, I can let you borrow my PS4 for anything. That is true. And a lot of so, the PS5 games are also going to be on the PS4 for this year. Very true, very true. So I guess we'll just go down the list. So I finished both Bioshock 1 and 2. I started on Bioshock Infinite. Nice. Uh, I beat Ori in the, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, the first one on my Switch. So you're going to start nice. playing Will of the Wisps next? Yeah, so that'll be like, you know, unofficial. That'll be other, your other game post- I played this year. Yeah, exactly. Posthumous, like, game of the year. Because I've heard it's amazing and I want to play it. It's pretty great. It's my game of the year for 2020. And that's why I'm so excited to play it. You give it such high praise. And, uh, well, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order. Very good. Nice. Also a good game. That's Aside for some League, it's really been about it. I haven't also been playing Resident Evil 4, but I can't talk about that here. Are you going to have it done? I am going to have it done. Yes, I am close to finished. Okay. Let's we, go. What chapter are you on? The end of four. So okay. I should be able to finish it up yeah. by next week. I just passed you. Uh, I, think ah. I'm on, <laughs> I think I'm on 5-2. But okay. I, I've beaten that game before, so it, I'm cruising. I think I'm only at like 10 hours or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what you're doing. I've died a lot, so. I've still died a lot, but <laughs> um, cool. All right. It's it's good. But yeah, like uh I think I'm almost I'm getting to the end of Fallen Order now. I just got done with the get a new lightsaber quest on Ilum. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh, that's such a the, good part. That's the best moment of that game. 
Oh, easily. It's really good. Easily. Adam, tell me what color is your lightsaber? It's currently green. Yeah, that's but the right choice. What are you What are you going to change it to? Anything? <laughs> Actually, I uh, I downloaded a mod I found online that oh. makes the green look better. Yeah, the oh, green okay. it wasn't like Qui Gon or Yoda green. It's it's more of like an off it's like green. A, it's like a it's yellow like a, green. It's like a pukey yellow green. Yeah, so I found a mod online that actually changes it, changes the green to look more like Luke Skywalker green. Yeah, there you go, like traditional uh, Star Wars green. Yeah, I'll send you. A, I'll send you guys a picture later. It looks so much better. Yeah, send them in the Discord enough. later. My my lightsaber was pink. <laughs> he went I saw with a pink. lot of pink. Yeah, see, green has always been like my go to lightsaber color, and it's. Uh, good there's there's a lot of people out there that think that uh green lightsabers are for jedi master only number one qui-gon was not a jedi master he was never granted the rank of master because of his uh, radical ideals and number two look at any star wars content that isn't the movie and there's plenty of jedi that have yeah, green lightsaber, green lightsaber. like ahsoka <laughs> Mm-hmm. exactly she was All a right, padawan so, sorry rant over yeah i also i switched around to the indigo for a little bit because that's a cool color i do like the purple too i think the fact that uh samuel l jackson canonized purple lightsabers by, by himself speaks to <laughs> yeah that there is no canon lightsaber colors well he wasn't the first mara jade was the first but that wasn't canon for the longest time or still yeah. isn't canon. But, so, did that exist before phantom menace yeah that was part of okay. the the books. Uh, that's Luke Skywalker's wife. Oh, uh, okay. Mara Jade had a purple lightsaber. Anyway, we talked a lot, a lot of Star Wars this episode. Sure uh, surprisingly, yeah. Okay, come on, Lucasfilm. Yeah, they're getting back in it. It's gonna yeah. be fun. Hopefully. Like honestly, if we can get like a sequel to Fallen Order or something in that similar line, I'd be happy. They've confirmed a sequel. Yeah, they are right? working on oh, a, a second Jedi Fallen Order. Whatever. I don't know what the naming scheme is yes. gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be Jedi something. Or something. I think it'll be Star Wars Jedi colon something title. else. Yeah. That, that seems to work. For, I think that works. Like just like the Jedi games mm-hmm. is what you could call them. You know, like the Jedi series. Yeah, because there was previously the Jedi Knight series, Star Wars Jedi Knight. Uh, Jedi, Jedi Cast. That's the second one. Yeah. Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Anyway, it's a really fun game. I'm looking forward to finishing it. It's just very, it's very cinematic. It's telling a good story. It's just all around a plus game. I agree. You think? How do you feel about the combat? Do you think it's too hard? Uh, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. The reason sometimes I, I feel like because Steve has been uh, telling Jeff and I how much he hates it, but oh. only be only because he thinks the combat is too hard. It depends on the situation. Some fights are fine. Sometimes it's hard to get the counter off, but it's it, it's kind of bullshit when there's like six or seven stormtroopers and it kind of feels like well why am i blocking when three readers got to come behind me and completely invalidate my block yeah it's uh so it's intentionally like difficult yeah it's definitely like it borders on like souls like but hmm. yeah it does have kind of a souls like feel but uh, i haven't had like the, the checkpoint system yeah i haven't had too many problems with it like it, i actually i had to buy a controller just to play this game about time. Yes. What'd you get? It's just like a it's a plug in Xbox controller. Gotcha. Uh do you USB. know do you know what type of Xbox? Is it uh the Xbox One controller? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's an Xbox One. Yeah, I didn't get a like a brand new one. Okay. Still a very good controller. Yeah, because I tried playing on keyboard for a little bit and do not play Fallen Order on keyboard. Do not it's play just... any game that was designed for console on a keyboard. Yeah. It's really bad because like you have W A Z to move and the dash button is Z, 
That's far. So just you can reconfigure like, your controls. I know, but it was easier to just go buy a controller because I'm needing to do it anyway. You damn right. So that's an, a long overdue upgrade. Nice. So yeah. Aside from that, just been playing some league. My roommate's gotten a little bit into it, so I've been helping him get better. We've been playing together. Cool. Andrew and I played a little bit sorry for yesterday. <laughs> Did not go well. Yeah, no. I, I played like one I mean, it, it went about recently. as well as it can for every time we play, it seems. Because since Adam is such a relatively new player, uh, you know, compared to my experience, the uh, like level of skill of our teammates it needs, needs some some room to be desired. Mm. Um, I yeah, you can ask Adam. Like he yeah. and I were pretty much the only well-performing members on all of those games on our teams. Yeah. it seems like an untold rule right now. But whenever Andrew and I alone play a game. All of our other teammates' feed. Yeah, I played a game. I've I feel like I've had a lot of dummies on my team. I was playing a game. Who was I? Uh, I was AD. I was Misfortune, and I was against. I had a Morgana as my support, and we were against Tristana Pike. And I was behind our minion wave farming. Our Morgana. We were on blue side. She walked past our minion wave. She was in the bushes. She was in the third bush on their side. And <laughs> and so Tristana and Pike were just like, okay. And they jumped on me and killed me. And then did killed her. And they did that three times. And I'm just like, I can't be anywhere because my Morgana is walking past the line of scribbage. I don't know. I've, yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of big old dummies. I just haven't been enjo- yeah. enjoying playing League recently. Yeah. Um, but professional play. Uh, at least in North America, starts up tomorrow. And usually... I want to enjoy it. Yeah. I played the new champion. She seems pretty cool. I I have a feeling I'm. This is going to be the first year in like five or something years that I'm not going to grind up to gold. Yeah, I played a solo queue game today. Yeah, and the only reason we won is because the enemy top laner AFK'd. So nice. Wow. <laughs> we take those. Yeah, good shit. Um, Andrew, what have you been playing lately? I've seen you uh, dabbling in a couple of weird things that I wouldn't yeah. expect from you because you yeah. had some unexpected time off. I mean, I wouldn't say that the time I have off is really in like increasing the amount of games I play since I am still working from home. Mm. Um, but I have, yeah, I mean, it, it's basically be- due to the fact that I finished Yakuza. Ooh. Uh, so oh, what, what, did, what did you think of it as a complete package dude that game's fucking great yeah i think that it uh i think it scales bad gameplay wise or story wise like level wise gotcha uh because there's a point in the game like i mentioned last week that i like i considered grinding because the story bosses were getting way too hard for me uh, but then the next story bosses I did gave me so much experience that I was like five levels ahead. Mm. But then after that, it's like the basically the overworld enemies that you fight don't give you any EXP or money by comparison. So you can't do any reasonable grinding with that. And so the only place you can grind is by the time you hit chapter 12, there's a location that opens up. And it's basically like this big arena tower where there's 30 floors and it's like a challenge, you know, gauntlet. Um, And those fights give you insane amounts of experience and money. Like you'll get millions of yen by the end of that 30 floor run. In in fact, the the final fight of that run gives you 1 million yen straight up. Damn. And they're not very hard fights. 
uh, especially the more you level up. And doing them also gives you a bunch of gear, including like some of the best gear that you can equip in the whole game. So I spent a lot of time grinding in that. But if I hadn't, then the final fights would have probably like taken a lot more out of me. And some of the fights even did, you know, like it still took me a few tries to do a, a couple of them. Uh, it's just, I think the boss fights are insane difficulty spikes. Um, but I, I managed to power through and, uh, and the ending was, was really cool. So nice. How long did it take uh, you to beat? Oh, I don't know. Probably like 30 hours, 35 hours total to beat the whole game. Yeah. I thought that was like an 80 hour JRPG. It is. If you do all the side content, Oh, did you just mainline it? Yeah. I didn't really touch. I mean, there was a period of time where I was going around and doing all of the, like, the sub-stories and everything, but eventually I was like, I have too many games I want to play, so I'm just yeah. going to do the main story. Uh, and then there's, like, the whole uh, Ichiban's company that you can do. I don't know if you've unlocked that, uh, Jeff. No, I haven't, but I was hearing someone talk about that earlier today, actually. Yeah, it's like, that's a whole thing, and a lot of the trophies are related to it. So, like, if you're platinuming this game, yeah, it's going to take you, like, 100 hours. But if you just want to beat it, then 30, 35. Yeah, I'm looking at how long to beat. It says main story, 45 hours. Completionist, 95 hours. Main yeah. plus extra, 64. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fun, though. I really liked the, uh, the way that that story went. Nice. Uh, yeah, but since beating Yakuza, I have now had time to play other games. Uh, I've been mainly trying to focus on Demon Souls. Because that's the that's the other like old 2020 game that I want to finish, so then I can play other stuff. Mm. Um, and that one that's been going smoothly at points. I've also had to stop and grind a little bit because the most recent boss I came across was called the Man Eater, and it's not a shark. Ah, it's it's basically like this big gargoyle dude who you're in like one long narrow corridor uh and he will stop to to hit you and then occasionally just get up and fly out of range so you can't actually target him uh and then eventually a second one drops down so usually before you're able to kill the first one in fact probably every time before you're able to kill the first one uh and so once there's two you're just fucked so i had to do a little bit of grinding so i could actually get some magic because that's basically the easy way to defeat him and to play most of demon souls is just to be a magic class Mm. but any class can equip magic so i had to put a little bit of skills into that so i could unlock it um and since then the next time that i stepped into a world uh the same guy invaded my world three times so i stopped again you told that story last week yeah, well, the, all of these stories are not the same one person, but it's like but it just each, keeps each happening. instance, each instance of it is like one guy, you know, just re- reinvading my world every two minutes, and I'm like, dude, leave That's me the fuck annoying. alone. It is really annoying because I'm like, I don't want to fight a dude who probably is like super high leveled and then also die to him. I just want to beat the game, you know? Yeah. It's so it's just like it's just an un unnecessary impedance and it really i'm just like i sometimes i'm really in the zone and then all of a sudden i'm like okay guess i'm not playing this <laughs> i don't want to do this anymore yeah it sucks uh and i really wish it wasn't a feature but i understand it because there is you know fun things where you can 
help other people and like you can be summoned into other people's worlds to help them defeat bosses and whatever but like i just wish i like if i had to take one or the other then i would take offline 100 percent of the time yeah again it's um, dumb that it doesn't give you the option yeah it is because like every like i've said every time you log in and you're not connected to the server it boots you back to the title screen so so in the meantime i have been playing a little bit of apex legends Hmm. Uh, my one of my longtime friends, uh, who I haven't talked to in a few years, hit me up the other day because my sister found him on Tinder. <laughs> uh, Ooh. so the power of Tinder, uh, reuniting long lost friends. But he, yeah, he texted me the other day and we reconnected. And so he plays, uh, Apex Legends a lot, so I started. I downloaded it and started playing a little with him. And in the two sessions that we played, I got more wins than I had ever gotten playing it on PC. Which is uh, one, two. You won we both won, times you played. We won. No, we won two games out of the two oh. sessions that we played. Oh, two sessions. I thought yep. by two sessions you meant like you played two games and you no, won no, no, both of no. them. I was like, damn. No, I mean we we started playing with his. He has he's like two accounts, I guess. One mm-hmm. of them is like super high leveled. So like the match, the MMR, uh, which is skill based mat. No, there's like a larger term for it. Yeah, skill based matchmaking. What does E? What does ELO stand for? Um, I don't know what it stands. Uh, but either I I just meant skill based matchmaking basically. Um. But so that was putting us against like really good players, and I am not really good. I am not even slightly good. Uh, but it, it is way easier on on a console though. Oh, ELO so, is named after the guy, the creator, a Hungarian American physics professor. Huh. Uh, it doesn't stand for anything. Um, and oh, actually, yeah. the it originated from chess. Uh, basically. Ah, uh, yes. It all comes back I did, to chess. I did know that. Um. It's yeah, the, cal- the original video game, which we said. It's a method of calculating the relative skill p- level of players in zero-sum games such as chess. Yes. So. Um, yeah, but it is way easier to play on console, but I was really enjoying it. Um, he's, a, he's not like a, a hardcore gamer by any means. Like I, When I told him that, they, that the new Horizon sequel is coming out this year, he was like, there's a Horizon sequel? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, there is. Um, so, but it, it was just really fun uh, getting to catch up with him. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing, Jeff. Yeah, I saw you on PlayStation. I couldn't believe it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. He's hey, doing hey, it. Hey. I'm doing it. He's giving I, it the second chance. Yeah, it and Resident Evil 7 I've been meaning to go back to for mm. a while. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, were you been enjoying Castlevania? Yes, I have it, not played Resident Evil. Is it sitting better yeah. this time? Yeah. I don't know what it is with with me, but like <laughs> me the either. second but the second time with this and the second time with Dark Souls, I just I just got it. Yeah. Like there was no like aha moment. I just I just loaded up the game and I was like, all right, I understand this. But like the first time I played it, that didn't happen and I don't understand why. So like I just, you know, when I as soon as I loaded up in Castlevania, I was just running through everything like I knew what I was doing, which <laughs> wasn't the case at all the first time. <laughs> it was it's just so weird, but now that I understand it, I am enjoying it a lot. And so right? I I'm I'm looking at our uh, our fishbowl 
Google Doc. Yeah, what do I, I see, what do I have it as? You retroactively you went back and gave it a four. Before you had it as a two. No. There's no way I had it as a two. You absolutely had it as a no, two the first time. It must it was it was at least a three. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Well, you can you can check edit history. I that's too much work. But right now I, you have, just, it, all it says is that I added four, so Right now Either you way, had it at a four. I would I would still keep it as a four. I I am really enjoying all of the like Metroidvania parts of it, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's one of the progenitors of that genre. Um, and I think the once I got the hang of the combat, it does feel really really um fluid and and fun, especially mm-hmm. once you add different weapons. Like I just got the jewel knuckles, which are busted. Oh, so good. Um, I I I think I'm getting pretty close to doing the boss. Um, I got the gold ring, so now all I need is the silver ring. Oh wow, you're um, pretty far then. Yeah, I've been playing for the, like the last two days. Yeah, so you need to get both of the rings in order because you haven't gotten to the upside down castle yet, right? No. Okay, so I'm if not. you don't do the thing with the rings, you you'll do what Adam did and you fight the final boss, and you're like, wait, what? And then it ends. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you get the two rings, you yeah. you go in the upside down castle. Yeah, but this this time around, I've been I've been cruising. Like the first, within the first couple of hours that I played yesterday, I got like much farther than I ever did the first time. Um, I have most of the power, like the necessary powers. Like I have the bat and the mist, mm. um, and I got I just got the uh, the gravity boots. So That's oh, the ones yeah, that give you the, the double jump. jump. Yeah, uh, the leap stone is the one that gives you the double jump, but the gravity boots uh, are the ones that give you the big super. It's like yeah, blue, it's like the super the Metroid jump. jump. Yeah. Um. But I yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot this time around. Uh, nice. I still I still hold by the fact that a lot of the while the animations look cool, actually trying to input them can feel really clunky at times. Mm. Like there's a lot of times where I'm walking. And I'm holding the left. I'm holding the left stick in the direction that I'm going, and then all of a sudden, I just stop. I'm still holding the stick. See, Alucard just stops. You should be using the D-pad. I do. I do like. I've been trying. I've been trying to train myself to do it, but I just can't. I any time I'm playing a 2D game, I instantly use the D-pad. It just feels natural for me. Like I played all of uh, Will of the Wisps with the D-pad on the Xbox controller interesting it just yeah, it feels right yeah and that usually seems to solve the problem so whatever it is whether it's the stick or not but it's it it just feels uh it feels like it gets in the way sometimes and also the hit stay on hit stun in that game is bullshit oh yeah you can get chain cc'd for way too yeah. long it sucks there's like a That's- super long animation of when you get hit where you get knocked back and you do that crouching animation yeah yeah it sucks and like i was trying to climb up I don't think it was the clock tower. It was in the chapel area. It's like this super long vertical corridor, and there are the platforms on the sides that you have to jump up. And there's a bat sitting at the top one. And every single time I would get to the top, and the bat would just hit me all the way back down the middle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. The bats and the um, Medusas. Medusas is like one of the worst yeah. uh, enemies in the whole oh, game. The Medusas I didn't really mind except for the one gear area. Where you're trying to hit those four gears so you can get yeah. the, um, that the special pain. equipment. Definitely yeah. a pain. Other than that one area, I don't really mind the Medusa heads as much. Hmm. But fuck those fucking tables, dude. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot of bullshit, uh, yeah. for sure. 
but there's a lot of that in, in almost all Metroidvania, so I'll cut it some slack. That is true. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to finishing that up, which should be relatively soon. Very nice. Because the what the upside down castle is the last like 25 percent of the game. Uh, I'd say it's like a third. Okay. I think the first castle's two thirds, and then the next one is just a third. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But I think I'm getting pretty close to flipping the castle. So nice. Um, yeah. I def- I like it more than I did last year. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I've good. told you I planned on doing this for a while. So yeah. But that's about it for me. Solid. Uh, I haven't been playing too much. Uh, a ton of Resident Evil Four because I started it kind of late. Uh. But, like I said, I've played it before, so I'm cruising through it. I know all of the secrets of that game. Mm-hmm. So, I'm able... I'm I'm sure I'm getting way more money than you guys. I'm sure I'm beating bosses way quicker than you. Uh, oh, I can 100% guarantee that, because I suck at this game. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm cruising through that. Uh, I've been getting back into Legends of Runeterra quite a bit. Ooh. Uh, they released a couple new characters, notably Riven, Victor... And the one that I was most excited for, and ooh, excuse me, and I built a deck around Zoe, one yep. of my favorite champions, who everyone else seems to hate. Yep, fuck you. I love Zoe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I've been playing a bunch. I made a Zoe, like just straight Zoe deck. I made a Zoe Lee Sin combo deck. So I already had a cool Lee Sin combo deck, and apparently Zoe just slotted into that really smoothly. So I did that. Uh, they, did you know they introduced prismatics, which are basically their version of foils? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I, I learned that recently and I'm kind of actually really disappointed in them. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. So I have a lot of spare money, uh, f- uh, from my Google survey thing. I never have anything to ever spend it on. So I just threw it at legends of Runeterra and I bought a couple different emotes and stuff. And then I bought, I decided to get a prismatic for, my zoe because i love uh playing it uh and they're super disappointing so here is let's see these are normal looking <clears throat> prismatics i'm going to send you guys a link in the discord podcast talk so these are uh, i think it's just going to bring you this general search so basically it's just a silver border instead of the normal uh like it's like a so it's normally a silver border, but this is more of like a shiny diamond ish border, it's and like, then I call, yeah. I call it like glossy almost. Yeah, and then if you notice, prismatic really is the best way to describe it. Yeah, if you're looking at uh the the exact one I sent you where it says guide to prismatic cards, the one on the left, you see those red rays. So that's it, and like on, you can see on the right too, there's those green and red rays on it. So it's like a, it's almost going for like a shiny foil effect, but they're kind of really disappointing and nothing interesting. And then the the champion ones are even worse because champions normally have gold bordered cards, so they're just thicker gold borders with like a little bit of flourish to it, but nothing significant. Uh, the one next to the picture I sent you is one of Riven with a prismatic. I don't know. I just like. There's nothing interesting about it. You're a digital card game. Can't you have your prismatics or like your foil version of cards be stuff that have living animations or something interesting? 
Yeah, right. Like, that's know? what Hearthstone does for the gold ones, for their like gold versions. They're just the 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 actual art is animated, so it's moving. Yeah. See, like I feel like that would be really cool, but so and it takes so much. You need to either need to spend real money to get these, or if you want to grind it out, you can do. So there's three special quests you can do any given day where uh, you can do, if you do, they're week-long quests, actually. So if you play 150 rounds, which is each player taking a turn, uh, is it 150? I think it's 150. Uh, in a week, you can get 25 prismatic tokens or whatever the currency is. Prisms, maybe? Uh, it costs 700 to get a prismatic of a champion. And I think it's like a hundred to get one of a common or something like that so it's it's a stupid amount of time and then there's ones where you can get prismatic chests but the only way to get prismatic chests are you can get two green ones a week from doing again you just have to play a shit ton of games and those will only have commons in them and then based on where you placed ranked wise you can get uh rare and epic ones at the end of each season so it's going to be super rare to get them. And then on top of that, they don't look very good. So that's kind of disappointing. But Well, I mean, Jeff, why you know play for countless hours when you can just spend money? Why, <laughs> why spend money when you have spare money lying around from doing pointless, dumb surveys from Google? Still reinforcing Ryan's business model. That's true. I have nothing else to spend it on, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Runeterra. Still love that game. Best card game ever. Uh, but... All the rest of my time has been going into Persona 5 Royal. I, I crossed the 80-hour mark in that game. Oh, jeez. I, I, be I beat the... Um, crap, what was the, the spaceport uh, yep. palace? Yeah, I just yeah, did yeah. that. So I don't know how, okay. how close I uh, am or am not. AKA the worst palace in the game. Oh, that was you didn't like that one? No, no one, no one likes that one. I thought, it, yeah, it was fine. Maybe, maybe they changed it in Royal. It didn't really do anything interesting. It was pretty boring and straightforward. I yeah, felt like all the, the other ones have like an interesting gimmick of some kind. I feel like I remember the enemies being kind of bullshit in that one too. Um, I don't remember. Uh, so I I panicked because I thought I screwed myself over. I'm I'm gonna see how close I can get to the platinum just on my first playthrough, and then maybe go back and like tidy mm. things up. Uh, Apparently the the play the the platinum for royal is way easier than the platinum for the original okay that makes a lot of sense because i was looking at them and they're like go play billiards once go to the jazz club once all stuff that you can do easily um but one of them is um use incense on one of your persona and then i found out you have to uh you have to level up the strength confidant so the twins and okay. in order to be able to do that Which and is a is a new confidant so oh really so what, yeah. what what the twins want you to do is they want you to bring a specific persona to them with a specific ability so the first one is they want jack frost with uh whatever the ice move is mabufa sure um and so i ignored it for a really long time and then i was like oh this is how i get the incense thing i should start doing this and i thought there was no way for me to go back and get the the personas from the earlier dungeons and i was panicking i was like there's no way i'm gonna be able to get this level 13 persona with this specific move from like the early levels of mementos when i'm in like i'm level 40 something and i'm killing everything in one hit uh yeah. turns out 
you can just buy any persona that you previously had, hmm. <laughs> which I did not know. Uh, so I was able to do that and my panic subsided. But yeah, I'm grinding away at that once I finish Resident Evil 4, because obviously I have to get that done in the next week. Uh, once I do that, ton more persona. I'm I'm going, I'm cruising, we're doing it. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me. Uh, all right. Nice. Let's take a break. Yes. Uh, my, my throat is a bit sore. Yes. And I'm teething, so I'm going to go take some uh, Advil. One of my wisdom teeth is uh, making moves. <laughs> sucks uh but yeah Ow. let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about our most anticipated games of 2021 Ooh. all right we have returned and we are going to talk about our most anticipated games for 2021 however there's one way we have to start this, and that is by acknowledging all of the the things we said in last year's episode and our most anticipated for 2020 that didn't actually come out. You're so, damn right. Here we go. These are all the ones we mentioned in last year's episode that never came out in 2020. Metroid Prime 4. The Derek. Metro- the Actually, that was Adam said it as an honorary Adam. mention. Yeah, the- yeah. The Metroid Prime Trilogy. Also me. Adam. (laughs) Breath of the Wild 2 in conjunction with the Nintendo Switch Pro. Jeff. That was, uh, I think Adam said Breath of the Wild 2, but Derek said the Switch Pro. Oh my god. Hollow Knight (laughs) Silk Song. That one was me. It was a pipe dream. Maybe this year. Axiom Verge 2. Derek. In Derek's defense, it got delayed. Elden Ring. Derek, <laughs> Halo Infinite. In your defense, it got delayed. Yeah, <laughs> and Bravely Default Two, which I Jeff. Think... <laughs> well, here's the thing: it was announced at the Game Awards 2018. Was it? Yeah, and they oh no 2019, and they said oh, okay, it's gonna be a 2020 game, and then it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. By I the mean... time they gave a release date, they're like 2021, idiots. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen with God of War. You think so? Yeah, I don't think God of War is coming out this year. Hmm. I know uh, that was going to be on T-Con's list if he was on the episode today. All right. Derek sent me an email with uh, the three he's most excited for. So I'm going to start off with one of those. And then we're just going to go around the horn until we've kind of dried up the well. Derek's number one. And I'm pretty sure this is one of yours, Andrew. Returnal. Yeah. He said, triple A sci-fi Metroidvania roadlike. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm really excited for that game. That one does look pretty cool. What do you, what about it? Are you, what? about it excites you the most i mean it's just it's basically just like you said it's like a triple a budget uh like 3d roguelite with bullet hell mechanics and it just see it just looks really cool i love like kind of the colors uh when like because bullet hells always have to have very distinctive you know color patterns mm. uh so that you can properly avoid the bullets um, but it just seems really cool. I like the whole time loop thing. Obviously, I'm a I'm a fan of time loops. Um, it seems really cool, and I feel like it's what I don't know about it that's going to excite me the most. Hmm. It, it looks like the mystery about it. It looks yeah. Kojima as hell. I don't know. It if really does. We've said that that's, before. Yeah, I mean the, the main character has uh, heterochromia, which 
inherently makes the king the character more interesting. Very true. Um. All right. Cool. Who? Adam, we'll go to you. What? What's a? What's one of your most anticipated games of 2021? Honestly, I'm looking forward to a new Pokemon Snap. Mm, there I've, we go. Got, I've got nice. so many good memories of the first one, playing it at my grandmother's house because my the cousin on my mom's side, who you guys don't know, he like had one of the old Nintendo systems that was there, mm-hmm. and Pokemon Snap was like one of the games that was there. So I used to play that all the time when I was over at her house. So just getting to revisit that feeling in a modern game, I think it's just going to be really fun. Yeah. Uh, especially. Oh, sorry. You go. Uh, I was going to say, especially after the trailer today, that really got me uh, excited just because it, it does look really pretty and it's exciting. And I'm sure it's not going to be anything crazy and flashy, but it's just going to be fun to go back to that throwback old style game that we haven't played since what? 98 is when it came out. Yeah. Originally. Something like that. But it's like, oh, it's just, it looks like it's a nice chill game where you just kind of sit back and appreciate like the art style on it. Like it's not going to be too fast paced. It's not going to be difficult. It just looks like it's going to be just a fun, relaxing time. Yeah. And it's a puzzle game at heart, which I'm always a fan of. Mm. Yeah. So definitely hitting some nostalgia on that one, but it's still on the list of things I'm probably going to pick up. Solid. All right, Andrew, what do you got? What are you excited for? Uh, I'm going to hit you with one you probably forgot about, and it's Stray. Oh, is that that's the cat? The, it, oh, the cat, cat game, Neo yeah. Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that game, but you play as a cat, so <laughs> that's all you need. To know. That's yeah. I'm. I. It's apparently according to some recent uh, at the at CES there was like a Sony reel, and at the end there was like a whole bunch of release dates at the bottom of like in the fine print. So Stray was one of those, and apparently it's coming out in October. Nice. Okay. Um, so we probably won't hear any more about it for a while, but I'm really looking forward to finding out more because I want to know what the fuck is going on. You're just a cat with a backpack and like a Neo Japan. Yeah. And there's like robots everywhere. <laughs> it, it looks really cool. Yeah. That's a super weird one. And yeah, a game that's so obscure and weird that you know nothing about. I'm always like the most excited to learn more about those. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to get this one out there. This is a shout out to all of the game sharks. I'm extremely excited for Back for Blood. Oh yep. yeah, that looks good. After we played, it the, is good. Yeah, after we played the alpha. Oh man, that that's just Left 4 Dead three. It it's yeah. it's a continuation of the Left 4 Dead series, and it's also got a deck building component. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I can't. Just everything I Jeff would want in a game. Yeah, I'm insanely excited for that, uh, especially after playing in the. There's alpha. no tactics though. <sighs> yeah, well, that's all right. You can't have everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> deck build. Are there any deck building tactics games? Is um. I'm gonna have to look into that. It's probably one step from Eden, right? It's not really. That's not a tactics game. game. That's a grid uh, battler. That's it's like grid a, base. That's like a Mega Man Battle Network game. Anyways, uh, yeah, we played Black Back for Blood. It's incredible. I can't wait for that to come out. I'm sure that's gonna take up a lot of our time. Actually, a uh, buddy of mine, Willis, was asking what we're gonna play that on. He doesn't have a PC, uh, so we're gonna have to. It's gonna be interesting figuring out what we want to play games on going forward, especially because I feel like there's a lot of multiplayer games. Like you were asking what we're gonna play Scott Pilgrim on, and no one responded yeah. to you. Yeah, uh, I know. It tends to happen. Yeah, uh, so we got to figure out, do we want to do PC? I've kind of shifted away from my PC for most of my gaming, but I don't know. Everyone, yeah. 
Uh, like Adam has a PC, but no, none of the gaming consoles. But my buddy Willis, who I love playing games with, doesn't have a PC. So it's tricky. Yeah. And you don't want to buy things twice. So it's going to be a difficult task going forward. But uh, all right. We're going to move on to one of Derek's other ones. Derek is excited for the game Outriders. I don't even know what this is. Do you guys know what Outriders is? I hear it talked about a lot, but I don't really know much about it, actually. He said, finally, a looter shooter that's not a G-A-A-S. I don't know what that stands for. Do you know what that stands for? Um, Gear gear something something syndrome. No, simulator. Uh, I, I googled it, and it says, generally accepted auditing standards. Huh. I don't think that's what it... Oh, game as a service, doy. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this just uh, it it looks. Now that I'm looking at photos of it, I don't know anything about this. Holy cow! Uh, it definitely looks Enix. slightly Destiny-ish. I'm looking at screenshots of it. Destiny meets futuristic, less muddy Gears of War. Yeah, it comes out in April. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know a single thing about this. So uh. That's going to be all you, Derek, when that comes out. Uh, Adam? Uh, I'm going to shift the gear a little bit. I'm kind of excited for Ruined King. Yeah, that one's on my list. Absolutely. I'm very excited for Ruined King. Because it's, it's really one of the first games, aside from Legends of Runeterra, where we're seeing that League of Legends universe in a different game format. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, just, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with it. I'm intrigued by the art style. I'm intrigued by the way the characters are going to work, and it's going to be a turn-based like JRPG battle system. It's super cool because the Ruin King himself, Viago, is coming to League of Legends. So there's like every League of Legends uh, content. So League of Legends itself, the Ruined King. I think they said Rune Terra. Like they're all going to be focusing on this big event of the Ruin King, who has been this character whose name has been around in the League of Legends universe for yeah, like they just announced 10 like, years. Like the next three champions added to the game are all going to tie into like the hey. return of the Ruined King. Yeah. So like, it's the first time they're doing like a storytelling perspective in League of Legends through the release of new champions and through other mediums too. At least on this scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is just going to be. It's going to start something really cool for the League of Legends universe. So I'm just excited to see where it comes. And it's kind of going to set the pace for, well, the pace and tone for other games they put out that are going to exist in the universe. Because they have a lot planned we don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped for that. Uh, I think, I don't think it has an official release date as of yet. I think it's just 2021 uh, is its current slated. Yeah, I think it got pushed back a little bit. Hmm. So, excited about that. Uh, gonna be good. I'm hoping. Andrew? Uh, you know I gotta give it to my boys at Heart Machine for Solar Ash. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a lot of games from that original Sony reveal event that I'm really excited for, but we just mm. haven't heard anything about because they weren't slated for that holiday window. You know, everything's been focused on the Spider-Mans and the Demon Souls and even stuff like fucking Deathloop and mm. Hitman. And now it's like there's so many other games in those trailers that I'm like, 
this is all really interesting and I really want to know more about it. And Solar Ash is no exception because it's made by the same guys who made Hyper Light Drifter, which is like this super stylized, like top down action game. But Solar Ash looks like it has a way higher budget. It's being produced by Annapurna. Um, and and it seems to have a similar level of stylization. Yeah, it, it looks Light like Drifter. it could take place in the Hyper Light Drifter world. Just the yeah. colors that they're choosing to use and the way yeah. things are lit and, up. And the brief like uh, moment in that we saw in the trailer makes it seem like whatever movement or traversal exists in that game looks like it's going to be fluid as hell. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I forgot about I that did, entirely. I looked it up. It's going to be on PC too, so I might have to take a stab at that one. Hey, yeah. there we go. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one for sure. Um, all right, I want to talk about uh, Neo. The world ends with you. Anybody? None of you. I'm sure none of you are excited for that yet. But when we never we will be, play, yeah. the world ends with you for the book club. I'm hoping that you will be as excited for this game as I am. I'm super curious to see what they're gonna do because I think part of the reason why the world ends with you is so successful and why I love it so much is because. It's battle system is so unique. It's never been replicated. Like it had never been done up until that point and nothing has done it since. And now that the the 2DS or the DS 3DS line is dead and like dual screen gaming is no longer a thing, we're never going to get anything like that again. So they're obviously going to have to change how the battle system in this new one works. So, uh I remember it's I don't remember it fully because it's been so long since I played it, but the story in that game was super cool and took a lot of crazy cool turns. Uh, so it was very high level storytelling. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they end up doing with the sequel. And I know that there's some characters that carry over, uh, including Minamimoto, my my favorite anime dude who shouts math terms at you. Uh, so yeah. I'm I'm super pumped for that game, mostly because I don't know what it's gonna be, and I'm excited to see what it becomes and if it if they can do something new and creative like the original The World Ends With You did. Uh, I'm excited to see if they can pull that off. I'm sure I will definitely look forward to it eventually. I hope that you can. Okay, uh, we're gonna go on to the last one that Derek gave us here. And he said, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. He yep. said, this game is going to be the first true showcase of what the PS5 can do. And I I totally agree. That's what the game was uh, like sold to us as. It's like, hey, look at us jumping from different, entirely different locations without having to load. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, so yeah, it's kind of a big... Uh, it's going to show us the power of the PS5 in the way that no game has yet. I know like Spider-Man Miles Morales had insanely low load times and instant fast travel and stuff like this, but immediately jumping from like different planets and different uh, dimensions. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be something special for sure. Yeah, I think traditionally something like that would take a lot of loading time. So I am, I'm excited to see what the, what it can do well, through you guys. Cause I don't have a PS5, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game. I haven't so, played one since like the original at some yeah, buddy's house. But it seems like a game that's just kind of pure whimsical fun, and I'm really gonna enjoy it. And especially with all of the the bells and whistles of the PS5. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that game's going to have incredible dual sense stuff going on oh, with it too. Yeah. That's my assumption. Every gun's going to feel really cool and unique. Yeah, Insomniac already did a good job with Spider-Man, so mm, for sure. Uh all right, Adam, give us another one. Okay, so this is going to be this one I'm hoping comes out, but I think there's more of a case for it. Okay. Mm, this... I don't know. We just Hollow had that Knight big long sucks. list. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I'm thinking. Hollow Knight. Wait, were you actually? Yeah, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, thing, like, my, my thought process is like they had that uh, article in Edge magazine a couple yes. weeks back for the beginning of the year. So it's like, why would... I don't know if Team Cherry is just trying to get some hype up for the game. Like, I don't know. Just from what Team Cherry usually does, I kind of feel like doing an interview like that for a game that kind of puts, for me, like a little more hope that it'll release sometime this year. But I hope it comes out this year is what I'm trying to say. I... Yeah believe it will come out this year but it's you know still no confirmed release date so that's why i didn't put it on my list i know i just wanted to mention it but like something that actually is coming out soon i'm actually more looking at getting super mario 3d world and bowser's fury after seeing that little trailer Mm, i had no interest in that game until they showed bowser's fury yeah that that looks pretty fun yeah it looks and then and then when i realized oh jeff and i can play that at lunch i was like yeah that's that's an instant buy then yeah, I'm all for like, that. Mario games are always just chill and fun, but it's like that addition, like that's the closest we're going to see is like an open world Mario. Yeah. I think for that little Bowser's Fury thing, because it looks from the description I read, you're hopping from island to island. So it's all one big environment you're just traversing around. It looks like it might be like kind of like Miles Morales was to uh, the Spider Man 2018 this is going to be to Mario Odyssey. That's kind of the vibe, but on a much smaller scale, but the same general idea. Or just a yeah, super tight it, package. Yeah. It might even be testing the waters for like, like I said, that open world Mario aspect, like not so much like individualized sandbox worlds, but like actually like physically traversing from area to area, which I think could be a really interesting step forward for the Mario game genre. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's another one I'm probably looking forward to. I'm trying to avoid things that are like PlayStation because I don't have one. <laughs> so far, there's not much for me. All right, Andrew. Give us uh, your last one or one of your last ones. Yeah, I mean, there's like six other games that I could that I could say are probably on the same level of excitement as as the rest of them but the one I would say I'm the most excited for is Horizon Forbidden West oh naturally um Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my favorite games ever uh I really love that game's like environment and story and like its concept and world the Aloy is a really compelling protagonist Jeff, you're going to fucking love it because it's all bow combat. Yeah. Like, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is on my list. Kind of like last year, I wanted to play The Last of Us in time for The Last of Us Part 2. I want to yeah. play Horizon Zero Dawn in time for uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I'm yeah. I'm excited to get that done at some point this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really good. Um, and so I think that the setting that they're taking Forbidden West to, which is seems to be like Western United States... I'm like really looking forward to seeing maybe familiar architecture and and like landscapes that I know from other pop culture 
um, and seeing what they can do with that in the in the Horizon world. On top of the new machines and stuff, like I'm pretty sure in the trailer there was a giant robot crab, which is like check the box for me. So. <laughs> Like yeah. it's I'm, only I'm if it has so a giant over. robot knife in one of its claws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for that one too. I think once I play the first one, my excitement for the second one will probably go up similar to, uh, for you with the world ends with you. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about that. <clears throat> um, all right. Quick shout out to bravely default Two. That game comes out in like a month. I'm super excited about that. Loved both bravely default and bravely second, but, the game I'm probably most excited for, and I know you're also very excited for it, Andrew, is Final Fantasy 16, man. Yeah. We have a whole new Final Fantasy coming this year. Yeah. I think people keep forgetting about that. Because, yeah. you know, we got 7 Remake this past year, which is a very high caliber Final Fantasy, and it's very rare that we get them one year after the other. So mm. I'm incredibly excited. It looks beautiful. I'm excited to see that they're going back to a high fantasy setting. Yeah. Uh, similar to I, I, I think the last time we were in a high fantasy like that was 12 when that was in Evilus, Ivilus. I, I always pronounced it as Ivilus like as that. a kid um, yeah what we've seen of that so far is very interesting the combat looks like it's going to be a more refined version of 15's combat which you and I were both fans of mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I'm. Yeah, it still feels like we know so little that's the thing is yeah we don't know uh, what what to expect from it honestly yeah it's uh and i think one of that's one of the draws of the final fantasy series like by itself because as an anthology 16 is going to be so wildly vastly different from 15 but they're still going to learn hopefully from the you know how 15 went after its release so Mm. I'm really looking forward to to how this one is gonna is gonna pan out because I think like sometime before this got announced, we had been talking. We were like, "Is there even going to be a Final Fantasy 16?" Like they right? used to be, they used to just like pump them out, right? Like yeah, when did Final was... Fantasy one come out. I don't know. I know starting with seven, they were like every other year. It went seven, eight, nine, and then the yeah. PS2 came the out. First, ten, the first 11, Final 12. Fantasy came out in eighty-seven. Okay. Yeah, and then they had ten by what, like ninety nine. Ten came out in two thousand one, I think. Yeah, so in like in fourteen years, we got ten Final Fantasies, and then in the sixteen years, no, twenty years since, we've gotten five. Yeah, seven was in nineteen ninety seven. Eight was in nineteen ninety nine, and then I think uh, nine was two thousand. Yeah, nine was two thousand. So. That was like less than a year and a half, and then ten I think was two thousand one. No, uh, ten was two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So it was like eleven was two thousand two. Yeah. So there was like just a stretch where we were getting a Final Fantasy yearly. Yeah, and now and, it's so rare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially from from fourteen. Well, when they started introducing the MMOs, it felt more of a gap than it actually was. Yeah, it and 13 weird. had three parts, now that I think about it. Yeah, uh, so, but we're getting a whole new, brand new uh, mainline Final Fantasy, so that's super exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. This is this one is definitely high up on my list. I've It's so hard to, to like narrow down a top three by any means, mm. because like 
I feel like this year is ju- is going to be just as good, if not better, for video games than 2020 was. Yeah, I think a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that would have come out in 2020 that we didn't know about that got pushed because of COVID. So I think we're gonna get a super packed special yeah, 2021. Like Halo Infinite was supposed to come out. Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank was at one point a launch window title, mm-hmm. which I think it's still slated as. But that's definitely like we're not in launch window anymore. Mm. I'm a firm believer that we would have gotten Breath of the Wild 2 without a pandemic last year. Oh, probably. Yeah, maybe Silk Song 2, who knows? You know, like, yeah. there's so many games. Um. All right, do you want to run through your, the rest of your list real quick? Just yeah, run, run I mean, shout I'll, out the names. I'll, yeah, I will. Uh, the Medium, which comes out in a couple weeks, I Ooh, think was yes. really cool. Uh, Cyber Shadow, similarly, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's the next uh, Yacht Club game, but it's actually being... It's being published by Yacht Club, but it's being developed by one person. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that seems really cool. I love that 8-bit aesthetic. Uh, I liked The Messenger, so I'm curious to see their take on it. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers comes out in a couple months. Uh, Jeff, I believe I told you at one point that I wasn't sure on the canonity of it. It's a direct sequel. Yeah, I heard that. I was talking to my buddy Willis about that today. It Yeah, it follows up Persona 5, so... That's really yeah. cool. Obviously, I won't be able to play it until I beat Persona 5 Royal, but I'm going to yeah. wait to hear your and Willis's opinion on it before I pull the trigger cuz I'm I'm pretty average on Muso games, so it has to be doing mm-hmm. something very special for me to want to play it. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'm probably going to spend a little too much time in it. Mm. Um Resident Evil 8 which mm, they just getting... announced we're getting a big gameplay reveal event next week. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about that, especially with my plan to replay 7 soon, or at least physically play through it. Mm. Um, let's see. I'm trying to run down the list because there's so many. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is one that I'm pretty excited for. That's like the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah um kina bridge of spirits which i'm i oh, I, I left off of my list because i personally like was i was like this is going to be on jeff's list 100%. i forgot about it <laughs> yeah and, and that's coming out allegedly in march which is like really exciting yeah that's cool um that was like one of the i think highlights of the ps5 reveal event mm. um elden ring i'm now excited for <laughs> um and that's that's basically all of the all of the big ones for me. Nice. I would say other other than like God of War two and and Final Fantasy sixteen, oh, you know, yeah, all yeah. of like all of like the big AAA sequels that I felt were too obvious to mm. to say like oh my top three are Final Fantasy, God of War, and Resident Evil. So. <laughs> all right, sweet. Uh, I guess we're at the point where we're gonna do some trivia. Yeah, did Derek actually make the questions? Derek had emailed me the questions, and I do not know any of the answers to them. He sent them in a separate email, nice. and I haven't looked at the questions yet. So we're going to go through these for the first time, and I'm going to participate with you guys. So are you ready? Oh, yeah. let's do it. Also, real quick, rip Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy got delayed. We didn't really know much about it anyways, so... Uh, yeah. But... Uh, there's plenty coming out this year, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I'm quickly glancing at this, not reading any of the sentences, looking for keywords, and it looks like the theme of the trivia is Star Wars. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, good news. 
yeah, so we got the the Lucas Lucas Film was it Lucas Films Games uh new uh yeah, news this week. So we'll see how this compares to Steve's Star Wars video game trivia. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to do this the the different way where we're going to go through all the questions, give our answers, and then we're going to go back and retro- retroactively look at the answers because obviously I don't want to read them as I go um, mm-hmm. and see an answer too early. So question number one, which Star Wars game series was exclusive to Nintendo consoles which was star- exclusive which star wars game series was exclusive to nintendo console and we don't have any clarification obviously because derek's not here so we just got to go oh, face value i think i know it so was exclusive um i'm pretty confident <laughs> that i know what he's talking about so uh that someone does all right uh, so uh we'll have Adam, go first here. Adam, I'm guessing, I'm guessing some kind of Star Wars pod racer game. Okay, Andrew, I guess I guess Lego Star Wars. Uh my guess is Rogue Squadron because I know the original Rogue Squadron was an N64 game, and then there was two Rogue Squadron games on the GameCube, and the only okay. the, the newest one is like an everything release. So I'm going to say Rogue Squadron for that. Okay. All right. Question number two. What was the name of Vader's apprentice in the Forced Unleashed series? Oh, this one I do know. I looked this up recently. Oh no, Steve and I were talking about it. I I know the answer to this one. Oh no. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have Andrew go first, I guess. Oh, no, you can't. You gotta give me more time than that, bro. No, I don't. Oh, bro. fine. I have nothing. I'm gonna say uh. Oh, jeez. I'm just going to say Revan, even though I know that's not him. Adam, do you have a guess? Uh, wasn't it Starkiller? Uh, ah, shit! It was Starkiller. I don't know that... I don't I don't know if they ever said his first name, but I'm pretty confident it's Starkiller. But again, we will figure that out uh, in a little bit. No, question, I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> question number three. What was the first game released not based on one of the feature films? Again, I think I know this one, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, all right. Which of was the first game released not based on one of the feature films is Derek's question. Uh, all right, Adam, you're going to go first on this. Uh, maybe Force Unleashed? Andrew? I said KOTOR. I'm going to guess Shadows of the Empire the n64 game okay uh all right question number four the first licensed game star wars empire strikes back was released on what console this i definitely know um i guess i'll give you guys a second to (laughs) to to think about it so the first licensed game Uh star wars empire strikes back released on what console so this is the first licensed Star Wars game, not obviously the first licensed right, game yeah. ever. Um, Andrew, what what console was Star Wars Empire Strikes Back released on? I said the Super Nintendo. Dara, Adam? Yeah, that was my guess as well. I, I do believe it is released on the Super Nintendo. Like j- just working out like time like time frames for that and such. Um, okay. In S- Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order... 
Cal Kestis can sense the history of anything he touches. What other film character has this ability? Okay, so apparently uh, a character from the movies also has this ability. What character has that ability? Can sense the history of anything he touches. What? Huh. Don't remember that in the films. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's probably like some J.K. Rowling bullshit where she's like, oh, and also... And also this. Um, did, oh, what's that? You didn't ask? Ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, I have a guess. I haven't gone first yet, so uh, I feel like it's only fair. I'm not 100%, so I'm going to guess Ray. My original guess was Ray, but I said Yoda. <laughs> Yeah, my first guess was Ray. She was like, she had all those crazy force powers. Yeah, when she like touches the lightsaber and stuff, and the yeah. ah shit dagger. Right. Oh no! Right. <clears throat> so should have stuck to my guts. That was my uh, first. Insane. I feel like we should probably do the 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 tiebreaker now, so I don't know the answer just in case, right? That makes sense. I guess so, yeah. yeah, yeah. How many known canceled Star Wars games are there? Uh, oh god. Six. I don't know. I was going to say nine. I'm going nice. to split the difference and go seven. Okay. Let's move on to the answers. All right. Question number one. Oh, I got to have both of these open at the same time. <clears throat> so question number one was, which Star Wars game series was exclusive to Nintendo consoles? The answer was Rogue Squadron. Ah, so that's yep. a point for me. Question number two. What was the name of Vader's apprentice in The Force Unleashed? Galen Starkiller Merrick. So apparently he had a full name, and I did huh. not know huh. that. But he yeah. has Starkiller on here, so I guess that's up to, to I don't know. What do we think? Should I would we... say I no. I would say you guys. Can All right. Play. So Adam and I get a point. Question number three: What was the first game released not based on one of the feature films? Ooh, uh, none of us got this right. It was X Wing. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh. Number four, the first licensed game, Star Wars Empire Strike Back, was released on what console? We were also all wrong. It was Atari 2600. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. That was really early. Yeah. I know, I'm pretty sure there was a an Empire Strikes Back game on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and then in Jedi Fallen Order, Cal Kestis can sense the history of anything he touches. What other film character has this ability? The correct answer was Rey. Damn it. Ah. So, uh... I win with three points. Adam got two. Andrew got zero. What was the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker, uh, how many canceled Star Wars games are there that are known about? The answer was 10. So, oh, 10. So I was one off on that one as well. Dang. Well, congrats, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening. Make sure you check out thegamesharks.com where you can see Andrew's and I's top games of 2020 lists uh you can check us out on instagram at game sharks podcast and you can send us an email with any trivia that you have for us or any general discussions or questions at game sharks podcast at yahoo.com and with that we are finned